0: Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. He answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandments of God because of your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, Whoever says to his father or mother, Whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift of God. Then he need not honor his mother, his father or mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips But their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. When he called the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear and understand. Now what goes into the mouth, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Then his disciples came and, and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard the saying? But he answered and said to them, Every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Peter answered and said, Explain this parable to us. So Jesus said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, adulteries fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. I want to talk about the shift that matters. The shift that matters. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to stand in this holy place and proclaim your holy word. I thank you, God, for a fresh anointing of your spirit that I might minister under your anointing today, Father, And through your anointing yokes will be destroyed and through your anointing burdens will be removed. God, have your way now. Be glorified. Speak, Lord. For your servants here, it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. The shift that matters most. The shift that matters most. And it makes maximum impact since that's our theme we're dealing with. A shifting for maximum impact. So the Lord has been dealing with me uh, and dealing with us because on our ministers and elders' call on last Sunday night, this came up several times uh, about the shift uh, that, that, that makes the real difference and that really matters, uh, which is a shifting of the heart. Uh, and, and so the Lord has just been dealing with me about this and, and, and I felt led to to speak on this today um, because this is so critical and so important. I've been, been thinking about the examples that have been used in messages. And I thank God for our elders and ministers and the way that they have allowed the Lord to speak to them and use them and been stretched. And while I'm away, you will hear more from them. Uh, and those who have not yet ministered will have an opportunity to minister. But I've been thinking about this example of the vehicle uh, that has been used, and I, and I keep thinking about this, you know, and thinking about the fact that when you look at a vehicle, I don't care how good it looks on the outside, it can have a beautiful body, it can have brand new tires, it can have all of the bells and whistles, but it is not the tires that makes the, the, the car move, yeah, yeah, it, or, 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 or gets the car into the driving mode. It's not the, it's not the beautiful body of the vehicle. It's not all of the bells and the whistles uh, that, that, that makes a difference. the difference. The shifting takes place on the inside, and not just the inside of the car, but it's under the hood and it's in the transmission. Yeah, for automatic transmissions. And you can have you can have a, a great motor in your car, but if the transmission is bad, the car's still not gonna move. Yeah. So the shifting takes place on the inside. Yeah, inside. In in that transmission. Uh that's where the shifting takes place. That that makes that vehicle move. It it, it, it gets it uh to the driving mode. It's inside we we, we used to sing a song. Um, and I haven't heard it in a long time, but we used to sing a song that says, uh, there's something on the inside that's working on the outside. Oh, what a change has made in my life, what brought about a change in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This song highlights the same thought. The shift that matters most in our lives the shifting that matters most in ministry, the shifting that will matter most in tabernacle of praise as we go throughout the year and throughout the years will take place in the hearts of people. Amen. 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 It takes place on the inside first. We can talk about a change of perspective, a shift of perspective, but if the heart doesn't shift. Amen. Uh, Yeah, yeah, If, if there's not a shifting of the heart, then the shifting that takes place in perspective won't last very long. Yeah, it won't last very long. I, I was talking to, to Dr. Parker a couple of weeks ago and he said, Bishop, we've been shifting. We're shifting from hatred to love. We and I thought about that and I said, Yeah, we need to shift from hatred to love and from, from lethargy to, to 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 energy, from from laziness to, to 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 activity, from from all of these different things that may be negative, we need to shift, but it has to take place on the inside first. It has to take place on the inside first. In our hearts, in our hearts, and and those of us who've been who've been who've been sitting under the teaching know that when the scripture talks about heart, it's not talking about this organ that pumps blood, amen. It's talking about your will. It's talking about your affections. It's talking about your emotions. Hallelujah, amen, amen. amen. Yeah, when it talks about the heart, amen. And 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 if we're gonna if we're gonna Go into the places that God wants us to go and do the things that God wants us to do. The real shifting has to take place in the heart of man and woman, a heart of hearts of people. That's where the real shifting has to take place in your will, your volition, amen, your affections, your emotions. That's where the real shifting has to take place, glory to God, amen, for maximum impact. Without the internal shifting, we are like empty wagons, amen, making lots of noises. And I thought about the scripture in Corinthians that says, amen, except we have loved one for another, we'll become as sounding brass and as tinkling cymbals, amen. And and of course, we're not going to love one another unless there's a shifting in our our hearts, because it's so easy, glory to God to say that we love each other uh, but 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 on the other hand, through our actions we don't prove that we love each other amen and and, and we do good with loving loving those who we like, but what about those that we don't like you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do good with loving our family and our, our friends and those people that are close to us. But but we are the body of Christ, and everybody is not the same in the body of Christ. Everybody doesn't act the same in the body of Christ. I mean, we all ought to be trying to let this the mind of Christ be in us, which will kind of which will begin to shape and mold us to be more like Christ. But in the process, the Lord still calls us to love. One another. Hallelujah. So the shifting has to take place on the impact, so that so that we can make maximum. Uh, the shifting has to take place on the inside, so that we can make maximum impact in the world. On Wednesday night, Elder Hoskins was teaching, and and he talked about he talked about um, willful volition. He was talking about the scribes and the Pharisees and and how how they willfully rejected Jesus Christ. Yeah, 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 yeah. They chose to be ignorant of who Jesus was, and they chose not to recognize him as God. That was an internal issue. Their hearts were not sold out to God. Amen. Volition deals with the will of man. Amen. It is internal. People can... People can, can, can willfully, they can willfully dislike people. And people can willfully love everybody. Are you listening? All right. I, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit further with this in just a minute. But it is a decision of your will. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So people, people can willfully decide, amen, not to to allow the Holy Spirit to change their hearts. Yeah, yeah. It's a decision of your will. Says a decision of my will. Yeah, 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 yeah. When we study the life of Jesus and we study the teachings of Jesus, the thing that he requires of people to follow him starts from an internal shift. Amen. He said that if anyone would come after me, Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Well, denying self starts on the inside. Because if you are accustomed to doing what you want to do, the way you want to do it, when you want to do it, the only way you're going to change is that it starts on the inside. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. So denying self starts on the inside. Yeah, I'm not going to deny myself unless I allow the Lord to change my heart. Otherwise, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to go after what I want. Mm. So in the Scripture, in the Scripture, Jesus said concerning the scribes and Pharisees, this people honor me with, with their lips, but their heart is far from me, their will." Their volition, their will, their affections, their desires, their emotions are far from me. So we can come to worship and we can sing beautiful songs and our hearts can be far from the Lord. We can come to worship and we can preach powerful sermons, but our hearts can be far from the Lord. You see, this thing cuts deep because because there are a lot of things that we like to do. And sometimes we feel like it's my right. It's my life. I can do what I want to do. But no, we have been bought with a price. We no longer belong to ourselves. It is not my life anymore. It is Jesus' life and it's Jesus that must be glorified. And I so I can't do what I want to do. And that becomes a struggle. And, and it's no sense in us saying that it's not a struggle. Uh, the Holy Spirit won't permit me, but if the Holy Spirit will permit me, I can give you examples of how, how it's a struggle from people right in the congregation. But I don't want to embarrass nobody. I can start with me. So I won't do that because you won't come back next week. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But, but we see it. We see it. We see people who say that they're saved, but yet they do things that just don't glorify God. That's not denying self. Denying self says, I want to glorify God. Yeah. I want to glorify God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so as he, he dealt with them concerning their traditions, and, and their elaborate ceremony of washing hands before they ate anything, he said, what comes out of a man, that's what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, proceeds evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these Evil things come from within and defile a man. Mm. Mm. So, so, so see it, seeing a beautiful woman and looking at her is not necessarily lustful unless your heart is evil, or vice versa. It come from within. That's what the, that's, that's what Jesus said. That's not what Alfred said. That's what Jesus said. Think about it. it come, that's, what defiles, that's what defiles a person. Now, 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 Jesus was not talking about eating or drinking poison because that'll kill you. You know what he's talking about. It's what's in the heart. It's what's in the heart. So, so Jesus knew very well that it was the internal that needed to change the heart of human beings if we would become his disciples and do his will and be effective in his kingdom, Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. For that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. It's inside, Nicodemus. This is not an outward thing. Water baptism doesn't save you. No, no, no. You must be born again. Church membership doesn't save you. It doesn't give you a key into the kingdom. You must be born again. It's it's internal. God said through the prophet Jeremiah in Jeremiah 17 and 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Can anybody say amen to that? Anybody ever seen experience a wicked heart? When I was preparing the sermon I thought about I don't know who sang this song Johnny Cash or somebody Your cheating heart, You're cheating <laughs> heart. and will be short lived listen now it'll be short lived sometimes we've started things at the beginning of the year we start off good by June we start whew, running out of energy something is wrong with the heart of, of, of man amen we make commitments to do something, and then after a while, that commitment is fizzled off. It is something wrong with the heart. Yeah, yeah. We see it in everyday relationships. People say they're going to do better. Anybody tell you they're going to do better? They do it for a little while, then they're back to their old ways. The heart is not changed. We see it in church. People get along for a little while. Then after a while, something happens and they're back to their old ways. This one doesn't want to work with that one. This one doesn't want to speak with that one. The heart. Somebody say the heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. Back to disliking people. Back to pulling people to themselves. Back to creating divisions and causing confusion. It is the heart. Issues of the heart. Yeah. Jesus said, we must love one another. Right? It's a badge of discipleship. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples. If you love one another. Why is love so important? Because God is love. That's what the Bible says, right? God is love. If I'm going to be in God, then God's love is in me, and God expects his love to be manifested through me. Does God love at all times? He loves us. He hates sin, but he loves us. God wants us. To love at all times. Sometimes that's difficult. But he still requires us to love at all times. Oh Lord have mercy. You know the Lord never told us this journey was going to be easy. He didn't. But he said I'll be with you. He said I will live in you. I'll be in you. I'll give you, I'll give you my help. I'll give you my presence. So some, some things the Lord asks us to do in human flesh is difficult. But we have to do it. Yeah. How can we love people who seem to be unlovable? It's what takes place in the heart. What takes place in I keep pointing to the well, you know why I'm pointing here. Yeah. But you got it. Your will, your affection. I've been pointing. The heart is on the left side, and where I point to the center. Okay. All right. What takes place in the heart? Well, saints, we can't change ourselves, can we? Lord, have mercy. Are y'all still here? We can't change ourselves. I don't care how much we try. Only Holy Spirit can change us. He is the only one who can change us. Paul declared, and I believe it's Philippians 2 and 13, it is God who works in us both to will and to do his good pleasure. It's God who works in us to create the will. God create the will in us. And to give us the ability to do his good pleasure. It is Christ in us who is the hope of glory. Let's leave the glory part off for right now. It's Christ in us who is our hope. Amen. If change is to take place, it's Christ in you that's going to do it. Not Christ on the outside of you. Not the picture of Jesus on the wall. It's Christ in you. In you. In you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you've ever tried to forgive someone in your own strength, what happens? Every time you see them, you think about it. You're mad. Your blood starts boiling. Your pressure go up and your diabetes got acting funny. <laughs> Big toes start hurting. And little toes start hurting. That corn start aching when you see them. <laughs> it's difficult. And people will tell you, Pastor, I tried to forgive, but I try to forgive, but I keep thinking, you can't do it in your own strength. It is Christ in you that's your hope. Ever, ever tried to stop hating somebody that you start hating? Somebody that did you wrong? Somebody that affitted you? You can't do it in your own strength. If you ever had an addiction and tried to kick an addiction, you cannot do it in your own strength. It is only Christ in you who is your hope. Somebody say, Jesus Christ is my hope. hope. If you ever tried to change even a bad habit on your own, in your own strength, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stop gossiping. I'm going to stop gossiping after a while, your spirit starts itching. You want some juicy news. And you want to share some juicy news. You can't do it in your own strength. Hallelujah. Amen. If you've ever tried to change a negative attitude, listen, y'all. Listen very carefully. Because Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Amen. Amen. Because, you know, from the position that I sit in not judging people but just seeing people, you see bad attitudes. You see negativity. You hear negativity. Amen. You experience that. We cannot do this in our own strength. These things are real. People will tell you, that's just the way I am. Because you can't change in your own strength. Long as you hold on to that, that's just the way you are you'll never t- that is that is that is willful disobedience that is volitional disobedience that's just the way I am my mama was like that my daddy was like that I'm gonna be like that so what happens is you do like was Peter talked about the dog going back to his own vomit. You say you're going to change, but you're just like that dog that vomits and goes back and laps up. I know it sounds disgusting, but that's the image that's given in Scripture. When we go backwards, it's disgusting. It is disgusting. It is sickening. You can't change yourself. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you can't change yourself. Now, we need to give some people some grace and pray for them because they can't change themselves. Are you listening? You can tell them, you need to stop doing this. You need to change. All of your fussing is not going to change them because they can't change themselves. You got children that are doing bad, children that are misbehaving, and you're getting frustrated, and you're fussing, 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 fussing. Shut your mouth and pray. Leave them alone and pray. They can't change themselves. Then you put yourself in the devil's place. Mm-hmm. You become a tool of the enemy to drive that person further away. But you won't close your mouth. Whew. And you're always accusing. Lord have mercy. Whew. So, in this season of shifting that we're in, it's not the external shifting that matters the most, it is the internal shifting. That matters the most. Amen? If we only shift externally, we'll make a few modifications in our attitudes. We'll make a few modifications in our perspectives. We'll make a few modifications in our dealing with people or our involvement in ministry. We'll make a few modifications. However, in our own strength and in our own ability, it won't last. It won't last. Because, you see, there's a tug of the enemy. We have three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. All those three enemies are going to be pulling at us to go backwards, to stop doing what we promised that we were going to do. And when we're working in our own strength, then we give the devil more more, more power in our lives to pull us away. It won't last. Are y'all still in the building? It won't last. It won't last. It won't last. Amen. We'll fall back on our same old patterns, same old behaviors, same old attitudes because the issue is not external. The issue is internal. So what must we do? What must we do? Mm -hmm. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Y'all waiting for me to come back and preach because you knew this was not going to be a 30-minute sermon. Hallelujah. So what must we do? What must we do? Might be a few more minutes. Amen? Remember this. Remember this. Amen? It is always Christ in you who is your hope. Always Christ in you. In you. Now Jesus cannot live in you and not make change in your life. Amen? Amen? If Christ is in you, change is going to start happening. It has to. It is automatic. It is automatic. If Christ is in you, okay, he is always the hope of glory. The disciples had to wait to be filled with the Holy Spirit before continuing the ministry of Jesus Christ. To be filled meant that the Holy Spirit was living in them. Christ in you. Hope. Hallelujah. Saul met Jesus on the road to Damascus. He was changed and became the greatest missionary to ever live, other than Jesus, because it was Christ in him. Christ in you. Hope. Christ, just, just a simple point. Remember, If change is to take place, it has to be Christ in you. Christ in you. So go after Jesus. Go after Christ. Chase after Christ. It's easy to sing the song, I'm chasing after you. But make sure you're chasing after Christ, that you really want Christ in you. Christ in you, you want his character, you want His, His, his nature, you want his ways, you want his will in you. Don't neglect Jesus. Don't neglect Jesus. Learn Jesus. Learn his character. Learn his ways. Because it's always Christ in you who is your hope. Don't neglect him. Don't do it. Don't do it. Deliberately and intentionally expose yourself to Christ and his ways. Go after him. Be deliberate about this. Don't do this haphazardly. Seek to know Jesus Christ and embrace him. Secondly, deliberately submit your heart, your will, your emotions, your effects. Deliberately submit them to the Lord. What do you mean, Bishop? Like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Right? Jesus knows what he's facing. He's not just simply facing death. He, the holy, righteous Son of God, God himself, is about to take the sins of the world upon himself, which will separate him from God. And he has never been separated. There's never been a separation in the Godhead before. But he's in Gethsemane. And at the point of, 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 of yielding up to be captured and crucified, he says, Lord, if, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. I know what I'm facing. And what I'm facing is not something that, that, that I that I savor. It's not something that. That that, that 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 I love to experience God you see Saints sometimes we will be faced with giving up things that we really like and that that really becomes the issue for a lot of Christians you know if if, if maybe you go out and, and you drink casually and that's not a big thing so to stop drinking ain't a big thing for you you know, uh, you know, maybe, 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 maybe you eat too much, but you can, you can, you can stop eating too much. That's not a big thing for you. But there's something that's a big thing for you. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. There is a sin that easily besets each one of us. You know what it is in your life. And at that point, that's where you got to say, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. You see, we don't like giving up our sacred cows. But at some point, and you know what a sacred cow is, you know, if you don't know what a sacred cow is, people in India worship cows. That's, that's one of their objects of worship. And they're sacred. You don't kill a cow. So we, in the West, we developed that terminology, sacred cow. So there's something. Saints, this thing, this thing is a tough thing. And it was tough for Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane facing Taking the sins of the world upon himself and being separated. That was very deliberate and that was very intentional. Submitting his will to the will of the Father was deliberate and intentional. Now, God knows that he created us in his image and his likeness. God knows that we have a heart, we have a volition, we have a will, we have affections. God knows that. That's why he he, he created us that way, in his image, in his likeness. And God will not violate that creative principle. Are y'all listening? That's why it's so easy to go back and pick up that thing and the Holy Ghost doesn't stop you. Holy Spirit will say, don't. Holy Spirit will say, you don't need to go over there. You don't need to do this thing. You don't need to be around that person. But it's easy. Because we have our own wills, and the Holy Spirit will not hog tie you and stump you. But we need to listen. We need to listen. He let God leaves us up to us to decide what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you get glory to God. Yeah, and yeah, I think it was Pastor Mercy. And then Evangelist Brown picked up on it in the message she preached about, The nevertheless, nevertheless, yeah, nevertheless, if our hearts will be changed, we have to come to that point of nevertheless. Mm. God, I want to do this thing. Nevertheless. God, I want to go over here. But nevertheless, God, I want to have this attitude. Nevertheless. Y'all listening? Jesus submitted, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Seemed like it got extra quiet in there. Seemed like that was a hush. Kind of came over the building. That, you know, it was, it was quiet already, but then when I started talking about this, I'm like, whew. nevertheless, God, I want to feel this way about that person. But nevertheless, mm. not my will, God. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. When you get to the nevertheless and you mean it, that means that your heart is being changed. God has taken out that old heart and God has given you a a new heart. When you get to that point of nevertheless and you put your will behind you, hallelujah, nevertheless, something is happening in the heart, in your heart. The church got to get to that point of nevertheless. Yeah, we got to get there. We got to get there, saints, because we don't move to, we don't get past the nevertheless. We get to that, and then we, we, we back up. Whew. Marriages would be saved if people would say nevertheless. I ain't got to take this, nevertheless. Can somebody say, nevertheless? Ooh, Lord, have mercy. There are a whole a lot of things you don't have to take now. You're created in an the image and likeness of God. You are a free moral agent, but nevertheless. Do you understand? Yeah, 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 yeah. And sometimes marriage is the rough, it's the rough ground, but you got to say, nevertheless. Ooh. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? Have you ever had to say, nevertheless? Oh, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if your heart is to change, you must deliberately make the decision, amen, to submit your your, your heart to God. Then, Then in the process, glory to God, you must pray. Somebody say pray. You must pray, and you can't stop praying, you have to pray until things change within. There is a, there is the word push. P-U-S-H. Pray until something happens. And remember, you're not looking for it to happen in the other person. You want it to happen in you. Glory to God. You want it to happen in you, glory to God. While you point the finger at your brother, at your sister, at your husband, at your wife, look back at yourself and point the finger at yourself. God changed me. I'm going to pray until something happens in me. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed. Didn't he pray? He wasn't just there talking, he was praying, glory to God. And that lets us know we've got to pray when we're at that point that we don't want to make that decision to say, nevertheless, pray. God needs to give you a new heart. Have you ever asked God to give you a new heart? Lord, have mercy. You see, that cuts against those of us who think we're all right just the way we are. You are not all right just the way you are. I am not all right just the way I am. I pray God give me a new heart and continue to work on me until I'm the man you want me to be. It's a lifelong process. You never get all right. Glory to God. Amen. God is always working on you. But God can give you a new heart so he can work in that new heart. Because that old heart is deceitful. Desperately wicked. That old heart has been tainted by evil. That old heart has been influenced by the devil. So this is the prayer. Prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit to create in you a, a new heart. Ask him to perform a heart transplant. Mm, Lord have mercy. As I said, the old heart is deceitful, and wicked. The old heart will deceive you. Yeah, the old heart will have you thinking you're okay with just a few modifications. I'll put on this today. I, I, I'll, I'll put on some new cologne. I'll put on some new dress. I'll get a new hairdo. I get a new hairstyle, a new cut, get me some new clothes, and I'm okay. Uh, a few modifications, and I, I'll hold my peace. I'll go and, 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 and won't say anything, but, but in your heart. Mm, Lord have mercy. You need a new heart. You need a new heart. You need a new heart. Hallelujah. Because with that old heart, when you're pushed against the wall, and the devil will push you against the wall, you're back to your cussing and your fussing. Yeah, when you get pushed against the wall. Huh, yeah, you're back to your anger. You're back to your laziness. You're back to your hatred. You're back to your meanness. You're back to your lethargy. You're back to your self-centeredness. Unless the Lord gives you a new heart, you're back to your lack of concerns for souls. We don't need a reupholstered heart. We need a new heart. Somebody shout new heart. David prayed, created me a clean heart. He didn't ask God to fix his old heart. He said, create. Create is to make something new. Make me a new heart, God. Give me a clean heart. A new heart, oh God. Hallelujah. Yeah, David realized the need for a new heart. And we have to realize the need for a new heart. That's where the shifting has to take place, glory to God. God said to Israel, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow me. God, put your spirit in me, and Holy Ghost, move me. Yeah, it's what the Holy Ghost does. It's not what I do, but I got to have a new heart so that my heart is submissive to God. So that my heart is submitted to God. And I'm open to what Holy Spirit wants to do in me and through me. Because it is not my will that is important. It is the will of the Father that is important. It is the will of the Father that must be done. That will affect nations. That will change lives. It is the will of the heavenly. Does anybody hear me? Yeah. Yeah. God says, I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. When you got a new heart, you're careful. Y'all listening? When you got a new heart, you're careful to keep the Lord's laws. Not that you're going back under legalism, but you're careful to love the brethren when you got a new heart. When you got a new heart, you're careful to, to mind what God is saying to you. When you got a, a new heart. Somebody say, new heart. new heart. Yeah, yeah. And God says, then you will live in the land that I gave your ancestors. You say, we're trying to live in the land with a deceitful heart, and it ain't working. Hmm. God says, uh, when you get a new heart, you'll live in the land that I gave your ancestors. There are things God has promised us that's not being released to us because of our mean and deceitful and wicked hearts. What is the heart that we need? We need the heart of God. We need the heart of God. The old volition. The old affections, the old emotions won't work. God says you need a shift that matters. There's not a shifting of the heart. Everything you do on the outside will be short lived, temporary, and ineffective.